it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Business Beauty Network is now on YouTube. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Biz Beauty Network. We plan to bring some awesome content along with bonus episodes and our weekly podcast episodes to the Biz Beauty Network YouTube channel. We hope to see you there. Hey, hey, welcome to the podcast. It's a new day, a new week, and a new episode of the Business Beauty Network podcast. Welcome, welcome. I am super, super excited to share today's episode with you. But before we get into that, make sure that you are subscribed or following our podcast wherever you're listening. Don't forget to share it as well because sharing is caring. So if you know someone who would benefit from this awesome content, make sure you share it. We are also on YouTube at Biz Beauty Network. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. We do release some of the episodes there. So make sure you are Subscribe and following us on social media and everywhere at Biz Beauty Network. And our website is businessbeautynetwork.com. Now that all of that is out of the way, I have an awesome show in store for you today. But before we get into that, oh my gosh, did you guys watch the Super Bowl last night? I didn't really watch the Super Bowl because I don't, but I did watch the halftime show and some of the performances, which were awesome. It seemed to be quite a few performances, but the one that stood out the most, of course, was Rihanna. She was the star of the night. And it seems that Rihanna has a little belly, a baby bump going on there. I even noticed it. I had posted as soon as I was watching it, like, is Rihanna pregnant? Now, everyone's seeing that online. I've been seeing it streaming since last night, but I haven't seen where Rihanna has confirmed it. But I'm pretty sure that has to be the case. It looks like she's... um. You know, has a little baby bump there. So congratulations to Rihanna. She sounded phenomenal and she performed her classic songs. And the performance was great overall. So I, if you didn't get a chance to see it, I'm pretty sure you can catch a video of it. But um, that was um cool. But the only, I'm gonna gonna be honest with you guys. The only thing I like about the Super Bowl is the halftime and the performances, and of course all the good snacks. And we had some great jerk wings that I made last night. So. That's my part of it, but my husband gets all into it for sure. But now that that is out of the way, I have a great show in store for you today. I had the awesome pleasure of interviewing Lindsay Brantley. And Lindsay and I have done lives together, spoke at one of her events, and we've connected a few times, but this is the first time that Lindsay is on my podcast. So I'm super, super excited. We had a great conversation. I think you're going to learn a lot from Lindsay she shares some awesome information and some great things about her business. But before we get into the interview, here's a little bit of Lindsay's bio. Lindsay Brantley is a structural engineer turned medical aesthetics practitioner with specializing in holistic skincare therapies, chemical pills, and laser skin treatments to alleviate the symptoms of razor bumps, ingrown hairs, stretch marks, and acne. After battling with skin-sensitive and ingrown hairs as a symptom of PCOS and seeing many of her friends and clients do the same, the idea for Camellia Elise was born. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. 
Hey, hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brady Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Lindsay. Welcome, Lindsay. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am awesome. I'm super excited to have you on the show. Uh, we've we've connected before. I've been at your event and you've been um on live with me before, but this is the first time you're actually on a podcast. So I was super, super excited to have you. But before we learn about your business and all the awesome things you're doing in the industry, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me today. Um, so fun fact about me is before I got into the beauty industry, I was a structural engineer that built oil and gas refineries. <laughs> that is so far. So tell me, like, how did you end up, like, I'm, I'm curious, how did you get into engineering? How did you, you know, how did you start on that career path? in the beginning yeah so i am um i was very young i come from a single period home and i am the type of person that's just you know inspired by others and they have this thing is called women's engineer day i didn't know what they did and so i said oh my gosh like this is something i can do i'm gonna bet i'm gonna sign it i want to try it that was in high school and so i went to college studied engineering it went right into engineering as soon as I graduated from college and it just happened because somebody else inspired me and told me that you're good at that you can do this awesome so when did you kind of figure out that this path wasn't it like it was time to step into the next stage because we know you're not doing that anymore currently so when did you kind of figure out it was time to shift your career well, I actually got laid off. I got laid off from my corporate job. And at the time, I was having issues with my PCOS. I was having hormonal issues, skin issues. And so um, that's kind of where the passion started for the beauty industry. And then once I started with my products, I just took off from there. Awesome. So the engineering did come in handy. And <laughs> But did you but did you ever think that you would get into the beauty industry at all? Oh no. I didn't think I would be an entrepreneur. I tell people I'm a first generation entrepreneur. It was not something I planned, but um it's the path that I was led down and I'm so happy to be here. I would not go back to court. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So how do you like tell us uh, a little bit about your business and what you're doing currently um at this time? Yeah, so Camellia Elise is multifaceted. We have three primary revenue streams. Uh, we make natural skincare products, like I said, for razor bumps, cellulite, uh, other skin conditions as well. Uh, that's where we started. And then I went back to school for medical aesthetics, medical aesthetics practitioner. And then I started doing services. So I was doing facials. I was doing medical grade chemical peels. And um, I loved them. So I opened a brick and mortar. And then as I was progressing in my career, I had more and more people asking me to train them. So I saw a big need for training, but training from people who have actually done it, you know, people who've been in the industry. Um, so I started the Camellia Elise Academy five years ago as well. So we have the Academy, we have a brick and mortar spa here in Houston, and then we have natural skincare products, which are in uh, three different countries in about 35 states in the U.S. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, how did you go about getting your products in all these different countries and really expanding it that way? 
Yeah, so now I will say we don't have a big presence in other countries. That actually came from word of mouth. Uh, the way that we started expanding here was really through our academy. Um, I did get the opportunity to have our products in Walmart. Walmart does a thing every year, a call for made in the U.S. products. And so I pitched for them. I got the products there. But our products are vegan, they're natural, and they don't have the price tag that the typical Walmart customer is used to. So it really just didn't work for us. Um, so I, I started kind of working with my students. They started placing the products there and it grew from there. And I'm not sure how people in like Dubai and stuff found us, but they started ordering the products. So I said, okay, like it, um, our products are also in the UK. Uh, we've shipped some things to Mexico. So it's really just been word of mouth and referrals that got our stuff into other countries. It was, it was amazing. That is amazing. So Lindsay, how long have you been in business? So I officially, or let's say unofficially, started in 2014, but we officially launched Camellia Elise in 2016. Okay. Well, (laughs) you know, it hasn't been that long, but you've had tremendous role play um, from, you know, starting out providing services yourself to now having an academy and educating other people on having a full staff. So I want you to kind of take us down the journey, especially because as an esthetician myself, I know it was hard. And it's, I talked to a lot of people in the industry. And it, it's hard when you're first starting out, when you first got out of school, you're trying to build your clientele. And I, I sometimes I feel like with the settings, it can be a little bit harder because you may not have even offered these services before. Because you know, like sometimes when you were, cause you might already kind of do hair or you already had a new stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right already. But like sometimes I found like a lot of people were just really trying to learn skincare, get into it. So they're having their first experiences in school. So when they come out, you know, trying to build and figure out like all of that can be difficult at times. So I want you to kind of like share some of your experience along the way as you started this business. Yeah. So I will tell you the first four years that I started this business, I was working my corporate job as well. So I was literally working a corporate job during the day and I was going to do clients' faces at night. And my goal was to get my clientele to the place where I could replace my salary. Um, And I did at one point have to hire another esthetician to help during the day while I was at work. And so that was like my first hire. Um, And so I just kind of, you know, slowly marketed myself, social media, partnerships with local people um, in the area, Um, And I just kind of built up the clientele to the place where it could sustain me. And then I opened the brick and mortar when I felt like I was, you know, ready to actually pay overhead. I just tell people grow slow and grow at your pace. So I slowly marketed. I got my clients where they needed to be. I brought one more person on. Then later I opened the brick and mortar. And once that was kind of moving fast and we started growing with the academy and services because I launched the academy while I was still doing services. Um, so then I would have one person doing services while I was teaching. And then I just kind of grew everything to the place where I'm like, okay, we can't do this as a two-person team anymore. Now we have clients on both sides and the money is actually there to sustain bringing on more people. And so I just kind of took things one step at a time. And even when I was developing the products, I didn't think, oh, I'm going to be teaching people how to do this later. So I tell people, let your journey organically happen. Don't force it. 
um, and take things one step at a time. You don't have to quit your day job. You know, a lot of people do it that way and I applaud them for it. Uh, there's no right or wrong path. So I just tell people kind of take it one day at a time, get more clients to where it's like, okay, now I can actually pay my bills on my own. Right. I go to corporate. And that's what I did. I built things one client at a time. Yeah, I love that. Like use your job to find your dream, you know. Oftentimes, I think, especially in our industry, it could be kind of glorified. So it looks like, okay, I'm going to quit, go get this sweet, and I'm going to just have this thriving business, right? But I love how you said, like, you still worked your job. I did, too. When I decided to get my suite, I was working um, in tax and accounting and sales. And so I have a strong sales background. So I was working in sales, and I did a 9 to 5. So I was account executive at my desk 9 to 5. And then I would go to my studio at night and say, clients. Yep. Same thing. Because I didn't have a consistent enough clients. I might have one or two clients. That's not enough for my bills. You know, I'm saying like one or two, many, three clients that night is not enough for all my bills. But it was enough to like, just like me getting that experience, like working with clients and get, getting out there. And as the demand began to grow, eventually I was able to leave. Yeah. You know, and so I love that um, you shared that because I think so many times people think that they just can jump out. And, and it's, there, there's always exceptions to the rule, and there, there have been people that are successful just jumping out, but it can be hard. It can be very exactly. hard to yeah. do that. So it's, it's great to start at your own pace, and you don't have to do everything at once, little by little, and eventually you'll look up and it, you know you'll have everything built. So I love that. But one thing I, I hear, I heard that you said that you, you know, marketed, got out there, and got clients, you built your clientele now. Share some tips about how you went about building your clientele in the early stages. So um, I was big on referrals. I tell people it is 10 times easier to take a happy client and have them bring you somebody else than to be pulling people out of thin air. So I did start off, you know, doing social media. It was, I guess, Facebook was kind of bigger back then. Not so much Instagram. So I was doing a lot of Facebook marketing. And then uh, I would have my clients be that sounding board for me I had a referral program where it's like hey you send somebody to me you get this incentive so that's what really helped me um and then I partnered with other local people who were not doing things that I did like I was at the in the beginning I was doing mostly facials so I would have somebody that might be doing body wraps send me their person for a facial or someone who maybe it's a personal trainer they working on your exercise but I'm gonna help you work on your skin and that's always great. Um, and partnering is something that I talk to a lot of beauty professionals and I'm like, well, try partnering with somebody. Never get out there. And oftentimes, you know, they're like, I don't know how to do that. Or how would I go about doing that? Or they feel like, you know, they can't do that or they may be rejected. So like share how you went about like uh, partnering with other business owners uh, and connecting with them in order to build your brand. So I am a shot in the dark kind of person. I feel like, you know, for every one person that tells me no, there's going to be somebody else who's going to tell me yes. So I would just go to networking events, local events where people share interests like me. And I would start talking to them, tell them what I do, you know, find out what they do. If it was a way for us to relate, I would just ask, oh, you get what you get, not what you ask ask not for right so it ain't that I, 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 right 
But so if you never ask, you're missing out on the opportunity. So I'm just wanted to, I tell people just shot in the dark. But um, that was a big part of it for me was just going out there and just asking. And I mean, that's how I created a lot of the programs I have now is because people were asking us, you know, to do certain things. And I was like, okay, I can make that happen. And I would expand that way. So, um, and I got some great mentors that way too. You will get people. I've had people that were like, you should ask for a mentor who's not in your industry. And then I had people like Lisa Price who built Carol's daughter. I walked up to this lady, did my know her and asked her to mentor me. And at the time she said, yes. Oh, wow. Oh, so it, there's going to be people that say no and people that feel, you know, competitive. And then there's going to be people that will just open up to you and answer any question you have, but you will never know if you don't ask. Oh, I love that, Lindsay, because, you know, I'm a sales girl. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, like that, I have that background and I'm all about that. And I get that from my sales background. And sales, I want to kind of talk about sales because you, you're talking about asking for what you wanted, but it's like that. Sales is another area that I feel that the beauty industry kind of, and a lot of industries shy away from. And I think when I talk about it in the training that I teach is I think partially is because that a lot of us have had a bad, bad sales experience. I've had experience where I felt pressure to buy something or pressure to sign up for something I've, that I had in my life before. And a lot of people have. So because of maybe the bad sales experience that you may have encountered in your life, oftentimes we associate asking people for things or selling people things as something bad. But selling a service, so I want you to give your take on that. Yeah. So it's really funny that we're talking about that because this morning I just read something that said, you know, Fashion Nova sends out 10 emails a day uh, they post at least like every hour. Every hour. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I, I had to unsubscribe from the text because I was getting so many. But it says, you know, Fashion Nova markets to you 30 times a day, but you're afraid to send out a newsletter once a week. Um, And so for me, I just, I don't think that it's a bad thing. You're missing out on opportunities if you don't try to sell. Um, Even with services um you need to be honest with your clients most people don't know or understand that they need more than one facial right so you as the professional it's really your job to educate them on what they need offer it to them if they don't want it hey at least you did your part i'm big on selling you know retail along with my services i'm big on selling packages instead of just selling one service at a time um, and I had to, of course, get used to even like asking for my own tips. Cause at first you're like, oh, I'm going to ask, you know, but I'm the only person who, or who else is going to ask you if I don't yeah. ask. <laughs> so you ask for the tips. I would do that too. Let me tell you, I, now that you brought that up, I have funny for you how we do it. I want to share. <laughs> okay. So I used to use square. You know how do you use square? And then you know how they get to that part. And I was, I would say something like, yeah, you know, right here, you go ahead and leave your tip. <laughs> like I would just. Like you go ahead and leave. Like I would tell them how to, and I would tell them to go ahead and leave your tip. And I would say ninety five percent of the time they would go ahead and tip. And I think it was because it's like, dang, okay, I guess they would do. I gotta select one, you know, because I said yes. exactly. But if you never said anything, you wouldn't have got the tip. Yeah, sometimes and you know. Yeah. 
uh, also when it comes to education, though, a lot of people, a lot of the people we see, it's their first time coming to a spa. Sometimes they don't even know that they're supposed to tip yeah. until you ask. So to me, when it comes to sales, it's a matter of being brave enough to ask for what you want. And if the worst thing somebody can say to you is no, that's really not a bad thing. Because if this person says no, there's going to be somebody out there that says yes. Yes. And I love you said how you said you would sell, start, started selling packages. And yet, as an esthetician, I think that's something you really have to do because you don't want people to just come to you for one facial. Or you know what I mean? Like, just one thing. That's really not going to benefit them, especially if they have anything, any issues they're targeting or anything like that. It's not going to be beneficial for them to come back for one service. So if you offer any type of services that require maintenance, you should educate them, maybe create a package and put it out there. But kind of share some of the things you did for that. Well, things, for instance, like chemical peels, right? A chemical peel, or if you have a client that has acne issues, that's not the person that needs to come in maybe once a month for a routine. Chemical pills we do in series. So I would just explain it to them before they even get the first one. You know, I know you requested this service, but I just want you to know that this is not something that you want one of. It's going to take us doing at least, you know, two or three facials a month to get rid of your acne or whatever. So instead of you paying $200 for a service today, we have a $600 package that will cover everything you need. Um, I'm big on giving people kind of the business in a box method, you know, everything that they need, the supplies, the time, the, all the appointments, here's what you're going to need. Here's my recommendation. And here's how much it will cost in a, in a bow, nice bow so that they can see, oh, okay, well, this is what I need. You know, thank you for giving me this instead of telling me, you know, here's the, this is 200 today. And then I come back next week and you tell me I need three more things. So I think people appreciate your honesty when you're telling them from the beginning, hey, this is really what you're going to need. This is my professional recommendation. They're coming to you for your professional recommendation anyway. So, I, you know, I've just learned more and more with sales and with business to just be brave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think that is great because it's, it goes back to just educating the client. You have to educate the client, you know, and you are the professional, you're the expert. So act as such, give them your expert recommendations, your expert advice, and let them know what they need. And that's you selling that service, that's providing them a service because you're helping the client overall. Because if somebody's coming in saying, well, I have this acne, I want to get rid of it, you know, dang well, one treatment is not going to do this. So we're going to disservice to you and your client by not, you know, really educating them and offering them some type of package where they can continue to come back. Because my thing is, so you want to build repeat relationships because it's kind of, you definitely always want to attract new clients, but it's kind of hard to keep kind of building and building and building. Yeah. In order for you to be able to predict your income, you need to have that repeat business. So what are some ways that you went about, I don't need these are packages, but can you kind of like, you know, kind of share how you uh, went about getting repeat business in your own business this episode is sponsored by sterling hair solutions attention salon owners and hairstylists the sterling dryer is the first and only dryer designed specifically for hair extensions the sterling dryer cuts drying time in half by leaving your hair feeling soft and renewed 
It's on wheels so you can quickly move it around your salon or suite. No more hand drying or hanging here under the hooded dryer or even putting it in the microwave to process color. This dryer will dry your extensions evenly, it holds multiple bundles, and it has a color processing tray. It also sanitizes the extensions. You can learn more about the Sterling Dryer at sterlinghairsolutions.com. That's sterlinghairsolutions.com. More information will be in the show notes. Oh, absolutely. I will tell you that the follow-up is everything. Clients will tell you all the time. They're like, I came back to you because after my service, you called and checked on me. You called to see how things were going. A lot of people miss that key moment because it's like, oh, the client came in, I got her money and I'm done. No, like you got to check on your clients. And then most softwares will tell you, hey, like this client hasn't been in three months. Let me send them a 10% off if they come back in. So retention is a very big thing too. So it just, it what somebody is there, you want to keep them there. You want to keep on whether it's monthly or a package or whatever. Like I was saying before, it's 10 times easier to get a referral or to get someone who's already been in your space to come back than it is to pull somebody new out of fresh air. So I, I just spent a lot of time with follow-up and retention. Just call it, calling them, emailing them. If you haven't heard from them in a while, We'll send like little email coupons or we do text marketing. And sometimes our text marketing is not to sell you anything. We might just do a monthly positive affirmation. Here's, you know, a nice way to start your month off right. And clients appreciate it. She didn't ask me for anything. She just, you know, sent me something positive. Clients appreciate things like that too. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think people forget that or maybe just don't think about that either. And then another thing too is, is I'm, I'm trying to think about services that I've, you know, that like, I've, I've definitely can say I've gotten my hair done and never heard from her again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I definitely can say I've got my lashes done and never heard from them again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I can say that I can say that I have gotten a few different, but I've gone to the dentist and I had to get off that email list because that did. I went to um I had a knee in injury and I went to see a new specialist and they always are reaching out for different things like you know this or that so but I that I black and shared that I said all of that to say that it's very important it's all about beauty relationships yeah and you provide a beauty service for people you're in close contact with these people and these people don't mind hearing from you. I think sometimes people are afraid, like, we're going to email them too much. But like you were saying before, look at Fashion Nova. Like, sometimes I was following them for marketing purposes because I'm just trying to see how they do their marketing. And sometimes I didn't want to see the Fashion Nova. But I was like, that's why. Right. Like, what is that? I thought it was more like, you know, it didn't look like it was an advertisement for anything. It looked like it was kind of, you know, risque, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, it seems to work for them. Uh-huh, yeah, not, not, nothing wrong with that. It's really working for them, for sure. But if you see a big companies, all the big companies out there promoting their brand or emailing you, um, everywhere I shop, like, I have a junk email just so they don't work. So everybody is, is doing that. Your beauty business is no different. So I'm glad you shared those things. Just remember 
So, you know, follow up with your clients. Check on them. See how they're doing. Send them an email. If you want to send them in a while, send them a coupon. I love all of those things. But the, the biggest thing is just staying in touch with them. You don't want to just only reach out when you have a sale or just only post about, oh, I got bookings, but you haven't really been, you know, staying connected. And I love how you said, sometimes it's not always a sales email. Sometimes it's just keeping them in the know, maybe educating them, maybe sharing something with them. It doesn't always have to be selling them something. And then let me just add this. Um, a lot of times we get to know our clients really well, right? I mean, especially if they're coming in to you every month or whatever. And one of the mistakes that I feel like we make in this industry is, let's say we do monthly memberships. If a client cancels a membership, we get mad, right? Like sometimes we're like, oh, okay, well, she didn't cancel. Um, no, you know that client, right? So we've had like, for instance, one client that, she canceled her membership and she's like, yeah, my husband lost his job. So, you know, I can't afford it right now. So three months later, her birthday came. We still offered her her complimentary one that she would have gotten had she still been a member. Or six months later, we'll call a different member and say, hey, you know, we're just checking on you. We know that, you know, things may have gotten hard, but we just want you to know that we're still here for, for you. And I will tell you that client, when her husband got another job and she was able to, she got a membership again, just because we followed up with her. So that relationship, it doesn't just always end when the package runs out or they cancel their membership because they'll be honest with you. Sometimes there really is something going on. And so you just want to keep those relationships going too, because you never know. Don't get upset, you know, if something may not work out in that moment. Cause they will come back, you know, you never know. Yeah. I think that's great advice. Thanks for sharing that for sure. That's some great advice. You just never know. And so definitely just finding ways to stay in touch for sure. Building relationships. And I, you talked about memberships and memberships is, is a great thing. I like that because that is monthly income, you know, uh, that repeat income. And um, so share a little bit about how you went about creating memberships. Maybe I know, I know some people know about memberships, but it's not something that I think everybody's doing. So yeah, share about that. I think that in the beauty industry, memberships are so important. And like you said, often overlooked. Um, if you have clients that need regular maintenance, why not offer something that makes it easier for them and you get recurring income? So we do monthly memberships. Some of them, uh, the client gets one service a month. Some of them, the clients get two service a month. And then they also, with us, if you get, you know, your monthly facial membership, you also get access to our steam room and you get a free gift on your birthday. You know, so just small perks that say, hey, because you are paying us monthly, you get something extra that everybody else doesn't get. Clients love it. And it keeps our money flowing. You know, maybe they don't come every month um, and they understand. I will say any membership, you want to have clear policies around it because our clients understand, look, if you miss more than two months, then that first one doesn't roll over. So you want clear policies, but that's the easiest way to get recurring income. So you got to do something that helps you in those slow times. Don't you still want a couple of dollars coming in? So I, I'm very big on membership. So we just do monthly memberships where they could come in and get a monthly, maybe a sculpting service, or they do a monthly massage or a monthly facial, and they can pick and choose what they want, um, and then they get extra perks. Great. Now you said something about your clients have kind of let you know 
some of the services that you wanted to add as you were adding on services. Now, how did you go out, go about getting this information from your clients? Did you survey them? Did you ask every client? Like, was there like a form they filled out? How did you go about finding out? So we survey our clients and our students probably once a year. We try not to like bombard people with surveys because everybody doesn't like them. But that time on the table is the most valuable time because they will tell you everything. Oh, I saw this new thing. Do y'all do this? Uh, hey, I heard about this new, you know, product for my skin or I heard about this. Or a lot of times clients are looking at infomercials. They're like, I bought this and they'll bring something in and ask us about it, you know? So it's really the time on the table where they tell you what they're really looking for. And it's, it doesn't hurt to, you know, while you're putting on the mask or while they're steaming, say, okay, like, have you seen anything else you might be interested in trying? We're going to be adding some new services soon and we would love your input. Something small. Normally, they're, they're relaxed. They'll start talking and tell you everything that they want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Thanks for sharing those tips, Lizzie. I think that is definitely great. Just asking them on the table. And I used to do that a lot. I would just ask my friends, like, how did you find me? Like, if, I, if, I, if this is my first time meeting them, I always ask, like, how did you find me? And they usually tell you. And that's and, that, and I would write that down so that I could remember, okay, she found me on Instagram. Okay, she found me. And then that really helped me kind of understand where my clients were coming from. Just asking them sometimes. Yeah, I think that's really important too because you're spending all this money on marketing, right? You're boosting posts. Are you doing Google ads and all these things? And you don't even know what's working for you. So we have that on our intake form. Was it a referral? Was it somebody that was happy with our service? Or was it somebody that saw an ad? You know, you need to know that information is very valuable. Definitely. So let's talk about body sculpt because I know that's a service that you provide and teach in your academy. And it seems to be like, I, I know it's been around, but it seems to be really blowing up now. Like, it seems like I really see it a lot. And then, you know, especially because, you know, the plastic surgery industry has been really big and everybody's been getting these BBLs and all this stuff. So yeah. people are looking for many like a safer, non-invasive uh, type of service. But so like kind of share like what's going on in the body sculpting world and all of those things. Yes, I will say in the past four to five years, it has exploded uh, because a lot of it happened with COVID, right? Because we we're sitting at home. We're not working out the same or gaining extra weight. All kinds of things were happening and people were looking for alternative ways. So we provide three primary services. There's a whole bunch of other stuff too, but we do non-invasive laser lipo. We do sculpting with wood tools and then we do body wraps and infrared wraps. Those are the main like sculpting that we teach and we do uh, primarily at the spa. And they're all services that are made to help lose inches, tighten the skin, or lose weight, depending on what your, you know, your goal is. And they just help your body to speed up the process. So we help to get rid of the fat cells, but it's nothing invasive. You know, we're not doing any kind of surgery. Um, and I tell people when they're like, oh, well, I can just go get the plastic surgery. What you don't realize is when you get plastic surgery, you're still going to be recovering for at least three to six months. And there's so much maintenance that comes along with it where you can do these treatments and in those three to six months, your body naturally trims down without you having to go through, you know, anesthesia, some of those costs mm -hmm. and some of the hardship on your body. Like we're just helping to speed up what would happen naturally. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think 
I love that. It, so it's, it's definitely, I'm sure, safer than getting surgery and things like that. And so I'm all about like, you know, whatever you want to do to make you feel better. But I love a, a safer alternative. Uh, who, what type of client do you think that type of service is for? Um, so I normally say those clients are, I mean, those services are for clients who have kind of started the weight loss journey and want to kind of speed up their results. Um, if you are a client who is, I would say maybe morbidly obese, it's not really the best for you. You need to kind of start moving around, get your metabolism sped up before you start some of this non-invasive stuff. But if you're someone who's in generally good health or you're someone who started your journey and you just, you know, need a little like pick me up to kind of advance the situation, those are like the best clients who receive um, the best results. Um, and I will say because it is, not, you know, non-invasive, it does take a little effort from the client too. You can't just like come get a treatment and then go eat like two cheeseburgers <laughs> and erase, you know, what we're trying to do. So it does take a little bit of effort on their part as well, but that's why we're here to counsel them and kind of tell them what steps they need to take along the way to get the best results. And that's great. You know, just to have, you know, other alternatives and everything. Now you're teaching this service as well. I know you have your summit that you do, you have your academy. So share a little bit about both, like the summit that you do for the um, sculpting and uh, Catherine, you know, sculpting world and, uh, you know, share about your academy as well. Absolutely. So um, I guess I'll start with the summit. So we've had our academy now for like five years. The summit, this is going to be our third year. But once a year, October of every year, we invite sculpting and spa owners from all over the country and even some from internationally to come and network with other vendors, learn some new skills, um, and learn about business. Because what I learned very early on, as I was saying, is I was a first generation entrepreneur. I didn't know that I needed to know how to do some accounting stuff and QuickBooks and I had to market myself and do all this other stuff. I just thought, hey, I know how to clean faces, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so the summit is about me bringing legal professionals, accountants, you know, even insurance agents and other um, experts like yourself to come and teach these people what they need to know to advance their business to the next level. And so that's going to be the third week of October here in Houston, Texas. Um, and then our academy, we offer about 10 different certification courses. We are the only TDLR and TWC certified school. So those are Texas uh, regulations. Um, and I am a TDLR instructor. So a lot of people are teaching these classes. You know, they're not licensed. They're not regulated. We are. Um, and so we just teach you what you need to know to successfully launch in the body sculpting industry, we also have some new facial aesthetics classes that are going to be um, starting in the next two months as well that are TDLR approved. So if you're an esthetician, you can get continuing education credits for It's okay. <laughs> I got what they Not the folks here, but that was awesome. But I put your website at the at the bottom. You're doing so many things like. So I know you had the summit coming later this year, but what are you excited about right now? And I want you to share about your book. You have a phenomenal book too. Girl, I got the book in front of me. It's funny that you mentioned that. I got it looks at, I got to uh, sign a bunch of copies so my staff put it on my desk. So this is the book. It's called Building Your Beauty Empire. 
Um, and what I'm most excited about now, um, what I'm most excited about now is that we are launching some brand new programs with the Academy. Uh, we're going to be expanding on certification courses. Um, and then also I'm launching a new business in April. I can't tell you about it yet. Yes. It's in it's in aesthetics. Um okay. and it's much needed um industry item. So it's coming soon. But those are the two things I'm working on. And then the summit at the end of the year will be kind of our, you know, wrapping the year up. Awesome, awesome. Well, Lizzie, it has been phenomenal having you on the podcast. Can you tell us what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned so far on your entrepreneurial journey? Absolutely. The biggest lesson that I've learned is to hire slow and fire fast. Um, it's actually been really hard for me, but it, it's hard to build a good team. I am so, so blessed with the team I have now, but it's a time, you know, to figure out how do you really interview people? What questions are you supposed to ask? Um, you know, what kind of things do you look for? What kind of things do you not look for? So just like I was saying before, I feel like people should take their time and let their journey happen organically. Don't force it. Uh, that's been the biggest lesson for me. Awesome. And then, by the way, I met some of your team and they just, you know, were so kind, so helpful and supportive. I mean, I, I feel you do have a great team. So definitely, yes, yeah, so. I would take that advice. And that is hard because it's hard when you're, you know how it is. <laughs> you don't want to fire people. And, you know, it's hard. And it so, is. But it's a lesson that you learned. Either you learn it the hard way or you learn it ahead of time. So you know to be prepared. <laughs> right, right. What do you think, uh, like, tell us what are some um, three things that you think has contributed to your success thus far? Yes, um... Three things that have contributed. One, I, I think that my structural engineering background has actually helped because that analytical side, the research side. Um, two, God and family support. Um, and I think I mentioned this before, but you know, I lost my mom to COVID, but I would not be where I am if it had not been for like my mom, my husband, my cousins were helping me mix my first batches of products. Um, and then the third one is just resiliency, knowing how to not throw in the towel, even when you feel like you, you ready, like you just ready to throw in the towel. Like this is not working. I want to give up, but you have to overcome that because you are giving up on having that bright moment if you let go down. So I think that, you know, that resiliency has taken us through, even with COVID, when we had to shut our doors to the academy and the spa, we say, you know what, we're going to produce hand sanitizer. We got all the ingredients in the warehouse. So just being able to, you know, continue being resilient in those times of um, challenge has made a big difference. Awesome. Awesome. So like, where do you go for motivation? Is it like like a podcast is there a quote is there like how do you you know keep motivated especially as a busy entrepreneur there's so many things going on um i will say that i'm being on listening to podcasts i like to listen to podcasts about my industry but i also like to um do think like the cold app something that could kind of center my brain and give myself a little quiet because your mind is always going and going and going 
So there are times when you need to step away and just quiet your mind. Um, and the last thing is actually acknowledging and knowing when I need self-care, like being able to say, you know what, I've got to shut down. Um, and I did announce this as well, but I took a year off from Wide and Wellness, which was our weekly show because I needed to heal. So just knowing when, you know, I got to take a little time for me, that kind of recharges me and helps me to move forward. So you got to listen to your own body sometimes. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much. Well, Lindsay, um, I have your website scrolling, but let everybody know how they can reach you and connect with you. Absolutely. So you see the website at the bottom, but also on all social media, it's at Camellia Elise. Or if you're interested in the Academy, it's at Camellia Academy. So that's on everything. TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, everything is Camellia Elise and Camellia Academy. Um, And then we also have our YouTube page same thing at Camellia Elise and at Camellia Academy. Awesome. I'll have all of that in the show notes. Lindsay Brantley, everybody, Camellia Elise, as always, stay great. And we are out. Bye. You. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you, so let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.